0: Welcome to the podcast that fuels the minds of ambitious business owners. Fuel provides business owners like you with easy to digest, bite-sized learnings to help grow your capability and keep you on track to achieving your version of success. Our expert speakers will draw on their own experiences and share valuable insights
1: into areas that matter most in business.
0: Hi, thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Paul Hobbs, and on today's podcast, I'm joined by Jason Keane, Director of Plus more Wellington, and Rachel Woods, leader of Bay of Plenty plus more. Now we're here to fuel your minds on profit margins. So first of all guys, what
1: actually does profit margins mean? I guess with profit margin, um, there's, there's a couple of ways of looking at it. Generally, with profit margin, um, we think about net profit, which is basically what's left over once we deduct all the expenses uh, from, from the revenue. Um, sometimes people get that mixed up with uh, gross profit margin, uh, which is the the amount left over from the direct costs. Um, with, with net profit margin, um, we add all those overheads like rent and uh, other operating expenses to ultimately give us the profit um, that we end up left over from our business.
2: And effectively, it's usually... Um... It's usually looked at as a percentage of revenue, so it's able to showcase how much money is left over from every dollar that you make, so if you had a 7% profit margin, that means that you earn 7 cents in every dollar that you get from your customers.
0: I guess for businesses starting out, they see that they boost their revenue, they think that's going to equate to profit margins, why is that not always the case?
2: It's not always the case because sometimes people look at it from um, they are too heavily focused on top line growth um, and then don't actually take into consideration the overhead structures that you're going to have to have to be able to grow that top line. So one of our customers, um, they actually won a really lucrative contract. It was around about was going to be worth about $8 million to them. Um, they expected it was going to be a game changer and eventually um, when they started looking at their P and L um, as part of their annuals, the, um, the year end process, they saw that their profit margin percentage it had actually gone backwards, and the amount of um, additional dollar benefit wasn't much, and so they were quite confused. But what happened was that they they priced it based on like a finger in the air methodology, where they knew for smaller customers what the average cost was for to do a. Um, to produce that product or service and they didn't actually ha- take into consideration there was going to be a whole lot of compliance um, work associated with a job this big. So there was a whole lot of additional overheads with staff, to, um, the cost associated with compliance, um, a lot of stop-the-start to be able to actually have um, that compliance structure within their business. Um, and it ultimately it eroded most of the profit um, so had they
0: not really done their homework well enough, is that that, or they just weren't, can I say smart enough at the beginning?
2: Not that they weren't smart enough, they just took the approach that a lot of people do, is that you believe in your gut that you know what your pricing is, but you don't actually mm-hmm. know all of your input costs? Um,
1: yeah. yeah, I guess with business, it's very easy just to get single, have a single-minded focus on revenue. I had a, a similar situation with a client that, that owns a number of bars um, in Wellington. And they used to incentivize their uh, managers of each bar purely through revenue um, and that had a whole lot of uh, kind of kick on effects with regards to profit margin. So one bar in particular grew their revenue hugely which um, I think they felt pretty happy about but what we found was they had just spent copious amounts of money on entertainment and bands and things like that. So ultimately. Although the revenue was increasing really fast within that that bar in particular, the profit was was actually not there. They were they were barely barely making a profit. So, if you if you don't um, take both of those things into consideration, the revenue and the and the profit margin, you can actually get yourself into a, a much into a, big, a bit of a hole so
0: I guess for both of your clients that you're giving examples about would have gone oh my goodness you know what's going on here so how do you how do you deal with that shock factor as a business operator when you think this ain't working this isn't how it should have been how, what do you what do you do to, to rectify that
2: um, I guess you can't really rectify it once it's already happened but the thing is is that if you have regular engagement with your financials then it's easier to stop reflect and actively change what you're doing um at a faster speed rather than if you're just doing it on a yearly basis through your annuals so um by having like taking on a monthly um like a month end cycle within your accounts um taking on a business partner or a business advisor to be able to actively look through your now and see that those margins are eroding would be a really great um, way to identify those red flags before it becomes too late
0: is that achievable for businesses to do it that regularly, to review where you're at, like monthly or even quarterly, whatever?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with the technology we have now, like all, all our numbers within the business are live, um, which is great because profit margin is something that kind of erodes without you even really realising it. So especially at the moment, right, we've got high inflation, um, wage costs are, are growing. Um, we're seeing people's profit margins just kind of disappear without them Really realizing so if if we're not measuring it and if we're not checking in with that regularly, it kind of it's one of those things that you you kind of realize when you're sitting down it you know a year later like oh heck we've uh, our profit margin's been completely stripped out so yeah use use of technology um, zero um, other other products um, we have live numbers we can compare using graphs and things like that to um, really see the trends. Because sometimes it's only a few percent. You can change that can have, can have quite a drastic, um, you know, effect or change in your business. So yeah, we've got great tools these days and, and, and I'd really advise businesses to use those.
0: I guess when you think of profits most businesses ultimately will survive based on getting you know getting their profits in, in the in the in the black how do you maintain or improve profit margins I guess that would seem like the the best bit of advice anyone could ever know
2: um, I guess there's two main approaches either you can look at um, well first of all you're going to have to look at your cost structures so um, you can look at it from a direct cost and overhead so usually direct costs is a little bit harder to be able to control you can have some supplier negotiations to get um, you may have uh, have better buying power now so you can get like a rebate structure where you get a um, supplier discount to be able to help that um, gross profit mm-hmm. percentage um, but then it's really looking at your overheads and seeing if there's anything that's n- not being efficiently used so a lot of people start businesses, they put structures in place and then they don't actually adapt those as their business evolves and what was right for you when you started isn't necessarily right for you at this point of time. So that's um, like looking at leases, so if you've got idle space, that could be a... And
0: and I'm guessing COVID times, that would be very prevalent, wouldn't it, when a lot of people have sort of vacated their office space and people are working from home. I mean, that must be quite quite a dynamic you have to work with.
2: Yeah, definitely. And it's one of those things that you've got to now, in the current environment, think about if that office space is actually a cost that you need in your business or if um, you are able to adapt a more flexible environment. And I mean,
1: a lot of it comes down to efficiency as well. So obviously every business is different. You know, it might be a service business, might be a a business which sells products. Um, but basically with with efficiency, say, for example, with a service business, if, um, you know, you're a plumbing business and you're constantly having to do rework and fix up errors or, um, uh, you know, you're forgetting to bring stuff to site, and or you've just got team uh, t- team members which are unmotivated and and not working hard straight away. That's going to strip out your your margin because you're you're spending more wage costs for um you know for the revenue you're you're achieving. Same with the product, you know, if it's taking you twice as if it's costing you twice as much to make that widget, your profit's just going to be lower. So, um yeah, efficiencies within your business. So really getting your team firing. Um, but also the use of technology. Like, technology is obviously moving really fast, there's a lot of tools out there um, for businesses um, to really improve their efficiency and productivity um, to ultimately you know, supply that service or, or produce that widget um, for a cheap price.
0: I think going back to your bar example, Jason, I mean Clearly, by bringing bands in and more entertainment, other things, they were able to boost the revenue. So how did they get around that? Because clearly you could say by taking that all out again, they'll have fewer people in the door. So how did they find their way back from that?
1: Yeah, so what what we found is, well, actually it was covering uh, a whole lot of other issues within the business. So, you know, the manager was actually not managing the team well. They had too many people there when the, the bar was quiet, um, you know. Bar staff weren't um necessarily, you know, driving sales in terms of, you know, like table service asking if they you know, people want more drinks and things like that. So it kind of covered up some other issues within the business. Um and again it's it's not until you start measuring these things that you that you kind of you notice them or, or understand what's happening. Yeah. It
0: is. Sorry, Sorry, go no, no. And it's
2: not necessarily, so just because profit margins go backwards, it's not necessarily always a bad thing. So in Jason's case, it was masking a bigger problem. But in, often with businesses, when you're growing, you're actually going to have to go from a profit margin perspective backwards to be able to go forwards. So we've got a, a construction client um, would be an example where they have just taken on another yard. Um, the yard is... To be able to expand their revenue growth, and without that yard, ER, they wouldn't be able to expand that revenue growth. But they've got to take that cost up front um, to be able to allow themselves to get there. And so, you, you do need to understand that what comes down may go back up, and you, it's to be able to understand what is that driver of that profit margin.
0: And are there sort of sort of strategies you need to put in place and renew those sort of and revise them and, and sort of revisit them that sort of gets you there, or?
1: It's a constantly moving thing like what it's, it's not one of those things that you can just sit and forget and you know the profit margins sorted for the year It's something you're constantly having to um, work at and and chip away at um just to stand still really especially with costs um you know rising and um and things like that so yeah it's one of those things you, you need to constantly be reviewing and 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 um kind of putting together new strategies and new ideas just to just to, uh, you know, keep, keep, keep it at a, a similar margin um, and then obviously, hopefully, start to grow that profit margin as well.
0: Because I guess inflation rates, which don't seem to show any sign of, of dropping, are going to add, for some businesses, they haven't had to deal with that for a number of years and now all of a sudden this is a new wrinkle in their equation.
2: Yeah, and those, like you're saying, those inflation pressures are going to go away. So a lot of businesses need to now get used to the fact that um, they're going to have have to have those difficult conversations with customers around pricing, Um, because ultimately, if you can't take that cost out of your business, the only way to maintain your margin is actually to put your prices up.
0: So what are the, um, in terms of overheads, you mentioned it before, Jason, to sort of keep looking at those overheads and sort of keep reviewing those things. Is that that a, that's part of the sort of monthly or at least quarterly sort of review of where you're at?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you don't want to spend every month going through, you know, comparing your phone or power bills with every provider. you know, But um, you know, just whether it's six monthly or twelve monthly, uh, for those particular expenses, yeah, like it's it's worth having a look around. Um, but yeah, you you're pretty you're pretty if you if you're looking at things regularly, you it's pretty easy to pick up anomalies within the numbers or, or things that stick out and. All, all, all a good reporting pack does is highlight an area that needs to be addressed so then you can dig deeper and and of ultimately do something about it yeah.
0: and Rachel what about competitors because I guess if you're if you've got a, a monopoly in the market that's fine but if you haven't and you've got competitors who may appear to be doing better than you I mean what do you how do you assess what they do and how you could be doing it better what's the trick around those things
2: well You've kind of had to understand what your position is in the market because competitors are, um, are may be doing it slightly different to you and so you need to understand what your, how you're positioning your business. So are you competing on a quality perspective, a service perspective or a price perspective? So your competitors may be um, offering a cheaper price or not looking like they're putting up their prices but then they might have um, not be offering the same quality of service. So it's really knowing yourself rather than knowing necessarily what your competitor's strategy is, and then sticking to that purpose. So if you're going for a strategy of having a high-quality product, making sure you stick with that, because as soon as you start then competing in that price game, then you're ultimately going to further erode your margin.
0: So if there was one thing um, that a business owner could take away on on sort of how they can improve or sort of at least monitor their profit margins better, what would those takeaways be for them right now?
2: That regular engagement with the p and so at least we recommend to our um, clients at least having a quarterly review process with us. Um, but if you can do it on a monthly basis, even better. Um, often budgeting also helps um, with that monthly review or quarterly review because you know where you're wanting to head and what your minimum um, profit margin that you're wanting to get to that year is and then you're able to have those active conversations with your advisor around um, how to get there and if there are any gaps coming up with gap, gap closures to be able to um, change the direction that you're heading for the rest of the year.
1: That's a good point with the, with the forecasting, it's very easy just to dive into to business and like even with the regular reporting and things like that, a couple of months down the track the, the erosion might have already occurred, you do something about it, you're paying a bit of catch-up if you can put a forecast into place first um, with those assumptions, like this, you know with your costs as they currently sit, and you can make some predictions as to what that profit margin is going to look at and where there might be some holes, even better. Um, you're addressing the, the, the possible problem before it even occurs. So um, yeah, it's, it's a great point.
0: Jason Rachel, that's great advice. Thank you very much for, for joining us today. Thank you for listening to fuel. Make sure to follow Fuel wherever you get your podcasts.